What's poppin'? We're back with episode 6 of Euphoria, season 1, and let's just get this started because it's a long one. I could take a lot of damn notes here. Um, Chris McKay's dad was his coach growing up. Tiger dad kept him in line of sports. This man had him practicing before practice, and it was rough. Like, this nigga had it hard growing up, bro. Like, it was not your typical uh that you know coach dad this guy was putting him through the ringer so he could become a legit ncaa athlete and he did make it through because he made it to division one football which thankfully the school's only three miles down the road from his hometown so you can visit whatever because he's close by but of course still gonna throw him for the experience on stuff so he thought he started they cast the same year he got drafted and it got in the way of his focus. This guy was one of the best players in high school, but when it comes to college level, it's some next level shit. So Jules and Rue are the crossroads of life with choices, and it's getting in the way of how they function as soon-to-be adults. You got Jules is finally coming to herself, um, just wanting to party and live life, and you got Rue who's just had too much partying in their life, is trying to calm things down. So they're both like yin and yang. Uh, we got here with Chris hates Cassie's Alabama Warley costume. I had to Google this shit because I had no fucking clue who this character was. Mind you, I watch a lot of film. I am a cinephile. I am a movie buff. This character, I did not know, but she was fine as hell and it fit the bill. Cassie looked fine as hell in this costume. And I dug it. But of course, Chris is a little insecure. He doesn't want his college buddies to make comments about her. So he made her switch up into some bullshit jersey of his to be a sexy football player. So, Kat is expanding her bag. She's got, like, four guys now in cams, and she's making guap now. She's making cheddar. Like, she's just out there like, I'm going to take some money to the mall and just buy whatever the fuck I want because now I got endless. Mind you, I wonder what her parents think of her. Like, uh, nothing about this because, of course, she's a minor. Just doing any kind of OnlyFans type shit is, like, ridiculous for a minor to do. I'm just saying what her parents are thinking. Like, where is she getting this money from? Is her job paying her this much? Like, after a while, you're going to realize, like, you're making a little too much money, girl. Like, your parents are going to notice your chill jackets and your damn, like, <laughs> red bottom shoes. You know, like, things like that. Like, wait a minute. How the fuck did you afford this on a damn high school's uh, salary? Uh, so we move on here where Kat is expanding her bag. Kat and Jules want to get really fucked up for Halloween. What a, what a surprise that most people want to do. And meanwhile, Rue's trying to stay sober and, like, oh, shit. I'm fighting my demons right here in front of everybody else. And while everyone else trying to get... She just can't be out. Like, Rue's got to be out of sight. She cannot be in places where temptation's going to hit her hard. But she's there for her girl. She's there for her friends to be as normal as possible, even though we know she's not really that normal. She's going through some things personally that she has to battle before she can able could go back to society. But she hasn't followed through with her sobriety. And so she's going to get challenged a lot. So... Move on here. Lexi is Bob Ross. What a sexy costume. She's, I mean, this is clever. I think Lexi's like one of the most like cutest characters. Like she's probably the one character that I would say is redeemable because she hasn't done anything stupid yet to make me not like her. And that's a compliment considering all these characters are fucked up on purpose. Like this is the grassy to the next level. Because at least they're grassy. Their characters are like skins. There were characters like this show. I said it in the previous episode. Outside of Fesco, I don't like anybody in this show. Maybe I do like uh, Lexi then. And Cassie. Actually, you know what? I gotta say, the two sisters are pretty cool so far. Again, things can change. Dynamics change. Every episode, characters are getting changed. Like last episode, we had sympathy for Maddie, who is queen bitch. 
the previous episode and who does you know shit those things but then we realize how she got that way and what personal thing she's going through and you're like oh we're getting sympathy for this character because she's just really going through it and this is why she's the way she is and we move on where uh let's see nate's expulsion expulsion uh he's expelled so he's not having fun can't even have family dinner at his local country club or whatever restaurant that his parents go to and uh they're members there but the guys the, one of the guys there, like hey yo i know you're you want to be here but we saw the news and your son and all that and his dad got pissed like yo yo i'll remember this day and they exit out of there so it sucks for nate it can't be part of society until he's either guilty or um innocent in this whole scenario so he's kind of like looked at like oh that's the kid that assaulted the high school girl why the fuck would want him here like you know just it is what it is uh what is it what's the word i'm looking for here uh i hate i can't remember what it is but i know it's something along the lines of you you, uh people see you the way they see you so it is what it is uh so nate wasted time driving around during his expulsion um being suspended um and sleeping in doing nothing um can't be part of the football team by kicked out of that. So until he's innocent, can't get his life back. Uh, Lexi asks Rue if she's okay. Uh, since she's a sober girl to party, it's, she knows it's tough on her, but she's too busy getting lit that she's like, oh, shit. Well, not Lexi. Rue, Jules getting lit. Her girlfriend, but Lexi, her ex-best friend growing up, is like, hey, are you all right? And then, of course, Rue just doesn't want her assistance. And she's like, hey, I'm fine, all right. Um, but she sees her sister Gia uh, while she's getting, you know, chatted up by Lexi and like he's she's chilling with the, one of the twins and they're I guess smoking weed on the couch or whatever and this is where things get real hot and it's a moment like where and I mean hot like sexy I mean like hot like oh it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy it's gonna get like oh shit's about to get real uh, so Chris McKay and Cassie are fighting meanwhile the creepy guy there is going in for the kill trying to sleep with Cassie who's vulnerable right now and he did compliment her costume and the reference to costume like oh I know the movie she's from that character cool costume like pretty much just saying all the things that Chris has been telling her so Rue is now interrogating and threatening that boy and she threatens him like I know some bad motherfuckers in rehab that'll come for you and take you you pull some shit with my sister it's a light dog for you like she just is intimidating this young kid like listen don't you try any shit with my sister make you know call her beautiful and and don't have her try anything crazy we're trying to have a nice safe night and i get her some juice and just enjoy the party <laughs> that interrogation was intense though it was the scenario where she just talked about like all these guys have been in jail like you ever met guys have been in jail they don't come back the same <laughs> so cat is getting hit on the guy that she thought swerved her the guy that curved her because he was talking to his sister's his co-worker who was like, I guess his sister's a co-worker too. I guess they all work in the same restaurant. And she took he took her shift or something because she had to take time off or something. But from a distance, Kat thought he was just hitting on some cute girl there. And that's where she ended up banging the guy from the carnival. Uh, so as that happening, she's now like, oh, what do you want? Like, I don't really give a shit about you. She's gone through a couple guys already. She's like, I don't give a shit about this kid anymore. So Kat is getting hit on. This kid really seems like a nice kid and like he really likes her. Uh, Rue apologized to Fesco at the party, like, hey, he doesn't, but he did it. He's, he's like, it's water in the bridge. 
I don't get offended. You're a drug addict. I know how drug addicts get. It's not the real you. It's the drugs talking. And Kat and the guy she curved are making out after she pretty much berated him and just like she was ignoring him all through high school, like as he was trying to get a conversation with her. And she was acting different because, again, she slept with some other person instead of him. And now she's not interested in him because, well, you know, now you want to talk to her. Now, like, now she wants to talk to me like, because she's dressing sexier and more, a little more confident and that whole ordeal. So, again, it's like, oh, back then you didn't want me. Now they want me. It's like, yeah, how does that feel? Because she felt neglected, she was acting out and just sleeping around guys to validate herself or something whatever you want to call this but revenge revenge fucks sure but she wasn't trying to get back at him like they weren't like a couple breaking up it was just she, she was just going with the motions and lost interest in him and the story and he's just persistent but then he went for the kiss and like even after he confessed he was a virgin because she confronted him about it and then he's like you have a you know give me a shot give me a shot so Cassie visited Chris at his frat house for Halloween. She had a cute costume, was wearing some stupid jersey because he made her wear a football jersey cover up. And there were a bunch of other girls dressed half scandally clad. And she's like, what the hell? Like the whole point of going out on Halloween is to look sexy and whatever. So they're gonna get it in, in this room until the frat hazes him mid fuck. It's like, imagine trying to smash a girl and all of a sudden a bunch of dudes walk in and, tr- and pretty much like, uh, what looks like is like sexual assault, but it's just them embarrassing him, like pinning him down, and like I don't want to say dry humping, but like I guess dry humping in a way. All these guys are in their underwear and like stupid animal masks. And I, I gotta say, if I was in, in Chris's shoes, I would have gone to prison that night. <laughs> like in the front, I these motherfuckers would these niggas would have tried this shit with me I'm just being 100% honest if these idiots were to try this is why I couldn't be in frats in college people don't put your hands on me I can never do the hazing bullshit not me nah I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some hands I don't care if I lose a fight I'm gonna go down and take somebody with me go for the jugular and grab one guy and beat him to shit to set a precedent like you don't fuck with me okay buddy this is why I don't do white frats like white frats be hazing like crazy doing a lot of weird weird shit they're like you know what this is why hispanic and black flat frats are a little bit more cool like you know they, they do their form of hazing is like cleaning the house you know you're gonna wash the floors of those toothpaste almost like a military style like all right whatever white frats just do a lot of weird dares like it's fucking fear factor and a lot of weird pranks i'm like just not down with just like just a really strange culture these uh white fraternities have been for the past hundred couple hundred years and with the stories coming out of them it all makes sense why now a lot of weird shit happens because a lot of weird people run them so that being said he was traumatized i mean come on your girlfriend was there and you're being embarrassed and like he went into some form of shock one of the bathroom was just like he wasn't in the right headspace after that because that was beyond embarrassing and borderline sexual assault the way it comes off especially with his girl there visible to see him getting teased like why would you want to join this frat like first off at the frat the, the fish shots like the shots of water with goldfish in it and, and that was like okay that's there but it's a cool dare it's like all right whatever this guy's fearless this was just straight up just harassment like i just i'm like i'm like okay this is not for me so yeah that happened Whew. 
She gets wild. So let's see here. Uh, so yes, so Rue interrogates and threatens Gia's date. Cat is getting hit on by the guy that she curved. Uh, Rue apologizes to Fesco. There's a lot of closing circles here uh, where people are getting the answers they're looking for. Cat and oh yeah, we got went over that. Cassie visiting Chris and the frat house embarrassing him, and Cassie worries for him like, oh my god, this is beyond embarrassment. This is like traumatizing. Uh, so Rue and Jules are having a weird moment where the two are in different crossroads of what they want to do. Jules wants to get more wasted than she already is, and Rue just wants to go home and call it a night early. Uh, Chris McKay goes back to high school. It's the high school party. Remember, I already disclosed that McKay lives literally three miles down the road from his college. So he can go back to his hometown and see his friends if he wants to get away from that party. So he got away from the frat party where he was humiliated and embarrassed beyond human belief. So people would make him to a group, to somewhere where people still think he's cool. Because, oh, this is the guy that's in NCAA Division One football. And he came from our high school. You know, we inspired to be like him. Like, you know, he's a big fish in a small pond over there. So he can, like, get his bearings back. And... Little does he know, because Cassie, mind you, he did have a quick session with his girlfriend, but he wasn't in the right headspace and just came too quickly, and, you know, that was it. Cassie got dressed, left, Chris got dressed, and but did he literally Cassie know that he was going to the same party she was going to be, the one that she wanted to go to originally, was you know, just dressed up like this character from the movie, and without anybody telling her how to dress and how to look and how to act. Because, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed being with her. So, it gets tricky. Uh, Lexi luckily covers because as she sees that Chris McKay's there, she knows that Cassie has this fling kind of going on with this guy that's flirting with her. And they're in a room together. And, man, shit gets crazy. Uh, Well, not that shit gets crazy. It's just a big fight doesn't break out. It's more like they try to get him to not go to that room where they're at. And... That way that Cassie and this dude can just fuck around or whatever in peace. So Nate is trying to blackmail Jules to do a job for him. But this would help Jules. Like he'll never harass her again about this quote unquote sending nudes because he's using her nudes to him as child porn, which is wild to think about because they're the exact same age. But child porn law porn laws are stated that any kind of underage minor, even to another underage minor, can't be subjugated to, you know, make her a pedophile because of this. Like, this is like shit that I never had to deal with. We didn't have advanced phones back in high school. I mean, we did and then we didn't. It wasn't like to the point where it's fucking 4K HD, but, you know, we were talking about an era where the iPhone 1 was the, the hottest thing when I was a fucking senior. Like, we didn't have advanced phones like this for, like, all of these videos. We had videos, but they weren't great quality. So the fact that She's sending full-on nudes to Nate, who was an admirer that she thought or she thought was an admirer. It's not using that a blackmailer. It's fucked up. And this is where his character gets deep into this. Like, he's manipulating everyone around him to free himself of, the, of his own consequences. So Cassie goes and vouches um, to her. Well, the castle, here we go, Cassie. She goes to her high school friends that are flirting. Uh, and she doesn't want to tread. She, she wants to flirt. She wants to kiss, but she doesn't want to fuck him. Because that would be cheating. Not flirting with the guy. Putting him, you know, teasing him and, and, and making out with him. But God, God forbid, no. But she will not sleep with the guy. And he's like, what is your fucking problem? Granted, I'm not taking this side. I'm just saying she's guilty of cheating too. Okay, this is, 
they're both guilty. Like he's guilty of hitting on some guy's girl and trying to get with her because he thought she was easy. And she's guilty for even leading him on because guys are stupid and easy to get their attentions for. But also you got a boyfriend, what are you doing flirting with other people? Anyways, you shouldn't be doing that anyways because now that you set the president for like, okay, I am down to fuck or down to do whatever, but you're not. You just want attention that your man's not giving you because you're so focused on football and college. And again, two wrongs will make a right. And luckily, Lexi has veered Chris McKay away from that door in that bedroom because if he popped in, he would have beat this guy's ass to a pieces. And last thing we need is this guy to go to prison as he has a scholarship to go to football and college. So that being said, Cassie is guilty for leading him on, but she didn't deserve the beratement this guy gave her. Uh, so Nate visits Tyler, the guy that he fucked up for sleeping with with Maddie. Rightly so, because he was 22 and she's a minor. And he is terrified. I'm like, he's like, don't kill me. And he's like, you're going to confess to a crime, and then I'm never leaving you. I'm never, never threatening you with anything ever again. So Nate convinced Tyler to confess to his crime of beating up Maddie, because that's a better sentence than being a, labeled a pedophile your whole life. Um, Nate convinced Jules to confess that Tyler was the one she saw assaulting Maddie, not Nate. Clearing Nathan's name, this guy's a genius. And Nate and Maddie popped up at the party afterwards because he's cleared. And they're all there celebrating like, oh, our guy's back. He's no longer guilty of this shit. He's uh, innocent. And this is where I'm like, man, this is the ultimate supervillain arc, super arc right here. Like, Nate is just a really huge piece of shit. He's manipulating everyone around him to do what is bidding. He's just not learning from his his ways. And I'm just like, this is going to bite him in the ass eventually. We'll see where it goes, though, because this is the end of the episode. And I have two more to see before the well, the next episode and then the season finale to complete the first season of Euphoria. So thank you all for tuning in. My long-ass rants, I kind of just go off and veer. I try to give as much information about, you know, context of what I like about the show. The show is engaging. The show has a lot of interesting characters over the top over exaggerated maybe but this is also television it's supposed to be a little bit more than what you would see in everyday life you might see some of these scenarios here and there but this show is giving you scenarios every episode so between us the viewers and the show it feels like it's happening quicker than it actually is because weeks and months are passing by just like in real time where these people are interacting it's just they're just showing it in sequential order. So, you, again, it's, pers- it's it's perspective. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. And with that being said, I'm giving this episode a five. Five out of five. This was a really intriguing episode with a lot of manipulation, a lot of character development, uh, a lot of closure, a lot just, just just a lot of things are finally coming to pieces, piece into one cohesive story here where it all stems truly uh, through Nate's choices like nate jacobs is terrible but his father cal not any better and he presents himself like to be this big you know someone of status in his town somebody established who has a business construction business and he's a regular typical almost like a politician the way he's being revered and his one of his sons is unmotivated and the other one is completely controlling everyone like a puppet master and just like whew, this shows you like a really interesting it's gonna really show people uh the ugly side of p- being power hungry i guess you can say 
going mad with power because Nate feels like he's invincible now that anything he does it's like you can find a loophole for everything and we'll see so next time thank you for tuning in another episode of the podcast mercenary show I'm the podcast mercenary himself Christian Joe Ronald signing off till next time and I can't wait to review episode 7 and 8 of season 1 in Florida stay tuned it'll be up very soon can't wait alright I'm out peace What's poppin'? We're back with episode six of Euphoria, season one. And let's just get this started because it's a long one. I took a lot of damn notes here. Um, Chris McKay's dad was his coach growing up. Tiger dad kept him in line of sports. This man had him practicing before practice, and it was rough. Like, this nigga had it hard growing up, bro. Like, it was not your typical uh, dad, you know, coach dad. This guy was putting him through the ringer so he could become a legit NCAA athlete and he did make it through because he made it to division one football which thankfully the school is only three miles down the road from his hometown so he can visit whatever because he's close by but of course still gonna dorm for the experience on stuff so he thought he started they cast the same year he got drafted and it got in the way of his focus this guy was one of the best players in high school but when it comes to college level it's some next level shit so Jules and Rue are the crossroads of life with choices and it's getting in the way of how they function as soon-to-be adults. You got Jules is finally coming to herself, um, just wanting to party and live life. And you got Rue who's just had too much partying in their life, is trying to calm things down. So they're both like yin and yang. Uh, we got here a Chris hates Cassie's Alabama Warley costume. I had to Google this shit because I had no fucking clue who this character was. My, I watch a lot of film. I am a cinephile. I am a movie buff. This character, I did not know. But she was fine as hell, and it fit the bill. Cassie looked fine as hell in this costume. And I dug it. But, of course, Chris is a little insecure. He doesn't want his college buddies to make comments about her. So he made her switch up into some bullshit jersey of his to be a sexy football player. So... Kat is expanding her bag. She's got like four guys now in cams and she's making guap now. She's making cheddar. Like she's just out there like, I'm going to take some money to the mall and just buy whatever the fuck I want because now I got endless. My, I wonder what her parents thinking of her. Like, nothing about this because of course she's a minor. Just doing any kind of OnlyFans type shit is like ridiculous for a minor to do. I'm just saying what her parents are thinking. Like, where is she getting this money from? Is her job paying her this much? Like, after a while, you're going to realize, like, you're making a little too much money, girl. Like, your parents are going to notice your, your chill jackets and your damn, like, <laughs> red bottom shoes. You know, like, things like that. Like, wait a minute. How the fuck did you afford this on a damn high school's uh, salary? Uh, so, we move on here where Kat is expanding her bag. Kat and Jules want to get really fucked up for Halloween. What a, what a surprise that most people want to do. And meanwhile, Rue's trying to stay sober and, like, oh, shit. I'm fighting my demons right here in front of everybody else. And while everyone else is trying to get, she just can't be out. Like, Rue's got to be out of sight. She cannot be in places where temptation is going to hit her hard. But she's there for her girls. She's there for her friends to be as normal as possible, even though we know she's not really that normal. She's going through some things personally that she has to battle before she can able to go back to society. But she hasn't followed through with her sobrieties. And so she's going to get challenged a lot. So... Move on here. Lexi is Bob Ross. What a sexy costume. She's, I mean, this is clever. I think Lexi's like one of the most like 
cutest characters. Like, she's probably the one character that I would say is redeemable because she hasn't done anything stupid yet to make me not like her. And that's a compliment considering all these characters are fucked up on purpose. Like, this is the grassy to the next level. Because at least they're grassy. There are characters that like skins. There were characters like this show. I said it in the previous episode. Outside of Fesco, I don't like anybody in this show. Maybe I do like uh, Lexi then. And Cassie. Actually, you know what? I gotta say, the two sisters are pretty cool so far. Again, things can change. Dynamics change. Every episode, characters are getting changed. Like last episode, we had sympathy for Maddie, who is queen bitch. The previous episode, and who thought you know shit those things, but then we realize how she got that way and what personal thing she's going through. And you're like, oh, we're getting sympathy for this character because she's just really going through it, and this is why she's the way she is. And we move on where. Uh, let's see, Nate's expulsion, expulsion, uh, he's expelled, so he's not having fun, he can't even have family dinner at his local country club or whatever restaurant that his parents go to, and, uh, they're members there, but the guys, the, one of the guys there is like, hey, yo, I know you're, you want to be here, but we saw the news and your son and all that, and his dad got pissed, like, yo, yo, I'll remember this day, and they exit out of there, so, it sucks for Nate, he can't be part of society until he's either guilty or... Um, innocent in this whole scenario. So he's kind of like looked at like, oh, that's the kid that assaulted the high school girl. Why the fuck would we want him here? Like, this, you know, just it is what it is. Uh, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, I hate, I can't remember what it is, but I know it's something along the lines of you, you uh, people see you the way they see you. So it is what it is. Uh, so, Nate wasted time driving around during his expulsion, um, being suspended, um, and sleeping in, doing nothing. Um, can't be part of the football team, but I kicked out of that. So, until he's innocent, can't get his life back. Uh, Lexi asks Rue if she's okay. Uh, since she's a sober girl to party, it's, she knows it's tough on her, but she's too busy getting lit that she's like, oh shit. Well, not Lexi. Her, Jules getting lit. Her girlfriend, but Lexi, her ex-best friend growing up, is like, hey, are you alright? And then of course, Rue just doesn't want her assistance. And she's like, hey, I'm fine, all right. Um, but she sees her sister Gia uh, while she's getting, you know, chatted up by Lexi. And, like, he's, she's chilling with the, one of the twins. And they're, I guess, smoking weed on the couch or whatever. And this is where things get real hot. And it's a moment, like, where... Not I mean hot, like, sexy. I mean, like, hot, like, oh, it's going to get... It's going to get crazy. It's going to get like, oh, shit's about to get real. Uh, so Chris McKay and Cassie are fighting. Meanwhile, the creepy guy there is going in for the kill, trying to sleep with Cassie, who's vulnerable right now. And he did compliment her costume and the reference to costume, like, oh, I know the movie she's from, that character cool costume, like pretty much just saying all the things that Chris has been telling her. So Rue is now interrogating and threatening that boy. And she threatens him, like, I know some bad motherfuckers in rehab. That I'll come for you and take you. You pull some shit with my sister, it's a light dog for you. Like she just is intimidating this young kid. Like, listen, don't you try any shit with my sister. Make you know, call her beautiful, and and don't have her try anything crazy. We're trying to have a nice, safe night, and I get her some juice and just enjoy the party. <laughs> that interrogation was intense. Those the scenario where she just talked about like all these guys have been in jail. Like you ever met guys have been in jail? They don't come back the same. So, Kat is getting hit on the guy that she thought swerved her, the guy that curved her, because he was talking to his sister's 
his co-worker who was like I guess his sister's uh, co-worker too I guess they all work in the same restaurant and she took he took her shift or something because she had to take time off or something but from a distance Kat thought he was just hitting on some cute girl there and that's where she ended up sleep banging the guy from the carnival uh, so as that happening she's now like oh what do you want like I don't really give a shit about you if she's gone through a couple guys already she's like I don't give a shit about this kid anymore so Kat is getting hit on this kid really seems like a nice kid and like he really likes her uh, Rue apologized to Fesco at the party like hey he doesn't but he did it he's, he's like it's water in the bridge I don't get offended you're a drug addict I know how drug addicts get it's not the real you it's the drugs talking and Kat and the guy she curved are making out after she pretty much berated him and just like she was ignoring him all through high school like as he was trying to get a conversation with her and she was acting different because again she slept with some other person instead of him and now she's not interested in him because well well, now you want to talk to her now now she wants to talk to me like because she's dressing sexier and a little more confident and that whole ordeal so again it's like oh back then you didn't want me now they want me it's like yeah how does that feel because she felt neglected she was acting out and just sleeping around guys to validate herself or something whatever you want to call this but revenge revenge fucks sure but she wasn't trying to get back at him like they weren't like a couple breaking up it was just she, she was just going with the motions and lost interest in him and the story and he's just persistent but then he went for the kiss and like even after he confessed he was a virgin because she confronted him about it and then he's like you have a you know give me a shot give me a shot so Cassie visited Chris at his frat house for Halloween she had a cute costume was wearing some stupid jersey because he made her wear a football jersey cover up and there were a bunch of other girls dressed half scandally clad and she's like what the hell like the whole point of going out on Halloween is to look sexy and whatever so they're gonna get it in in this room until the frat hazes him mid fuck it's like imagine trying to smash a girl and all of a sudden a bunch of dudes walk in and and pretty much like uh what looks like is like sexual assault but it's just them embarrassing him like pinning him down and like i don't say dry humping but like i guess dry humping in a way all these guys are in their underwear and like stupid animal masks and i i gotta say if i wasn't in Chris's shoes, I would have gone to prison that night. <laughs> like, on the front, I... These motherfuckers were... If these niggas would have tried this shit with me. I'm just being 100% honest. If these idiots were to try... This is why I couldn't be in frats in college, people. Don't put your hands on me. I can never do the hazing bullshit. Not me. Nah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some hands. I don't care if I lose a fight. I'm gonna go down and take somebody with me. Go for the jugular and grab one guy and beat him to shit to set a precedent. Like, you don't fuck with me. Okay, buddy? Let's... This is why I don't do white frats. Like, white frats be hazing like crazy, doing a lot of weird, weird shit. They're like, you know what? This is why Hispanic and black frats are a little bit more cool. Like, you know, they they do, their form of hazing is like cleaning the house. You know, you're going to wash the floors with a toothpaste. Almost like a military style. Like, all right, whatever. White frats just do a lot of weird dares. Like, it's fucking fear factor. And a lot of weird pranks. I'm like, just not down with. Just like, just a really strange culture. These, uh white fraternities have been for the past hundred, couple hundred years and with the stories coming out of them it all makes sense why now a lot of weird shit happens because a lot of weird people run them so that being said 
he was traumatized. I mean, come on, your girlfriend was there, and you're being embarrassed, and like, he went into some form of shock, went to the bathroom, and was just like, he wasn't in the right headspace after that. Because that was beyond embarrassing and borderline sexual assault, the way it comes off, especially with his girl there visible to see him getting teased. Like, why would he want to join this frat? Like, first off, at the frat, the, the fish shots, like the shots of water with goldfish in it. And, and that was like, okay, that's a dare, but it's a cool dare. It's like, all right, whatever. This guy's fearless. This was just straight up just harassment. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is not for me. So, yeah, that happened. Whew, shit gets wild. So, let's see here. Uh, so, yes, so, Rue interrogates and threatens Gia's date. Cat is getting hit on by the guy that she curved. Uh, Rue apologizes to Fesco. There's a lot of closing circles here uh, where people are getting the answers they're looking for. Cat and... Oh, yeah, we got went over that. Cassie visiting Chris and the frat house embarrassing him and Cassie worries for him. Like, oh, my God, this is beyond embarrassment. It's, it's like, traumatizing. Uh, so Rue and Jules are having a weird moment where the two are in different crossroads of what they want to do. Jules wants to get more wasted than she already is, and Rue just wants to go home and call it a night early. Uh, Chris McKay goes back to high school, it's the high school party. Remember, I already disclosed that McKay lives literally three miles down the road from his college. So he can go back to his hometown and see his friends if he wants to get away from that party. So he got away from the frat party where he was humiliated and embarrassed beyond human belief. So people who make him to a group to somewhere where people still think he's cool because oh, this is the guy that's in NCAA Division One football and he came from our high school. You know, we inspired to be like him. Like you know, he's a big fish in a small pond over there. So he can like get his bearings back and. Little does he know, because Cassie, mind you, he did have a quick session with his girlfriend, but he wasn't in the right headspace and just came too quickly, and, you know, that was it. Cassie got dressed, left, Chris got dressed, and but did he little did Cassie know that he was going to the same party she was going to be, the one that she wanted to go to originally, was, you know, just dressed up like this character from the movie, and without anybody telling her how to dress and how to look and how to act. Because, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed being with her. So, it gets tricky. Uh, Lexi luckily covers because as she sees that Chris McKay's there, she knows that Cassie has this fling kind of going on with this guy that's flirting with her. And they're in a room together. And, man, shit gets crazy. Uh, Well, nothing shit gets crazy. It's just a big fight doesn't break out. It's more like they try to get him to not go to that room where they're at. And... That way that Cassie and this dude can just fuck around or whatever in peace. So Nate is trying to blackmail Jules to do a job for him. But this would help Jules. Like he'll never harass her again about this quote unquote sending nudes because he's using her nudes to him as child porn, which is wild to think about because they're the exact same age. But child porn porn laws are stated that any kind of underage minor, even to another underage minor, can't be subjugated to, you know, make her a pedophile because of this. Like, this is like shit that I never had to deal with. We didn't have advanced phones back in high school. I mean, we did and then we didn't. It wasn't like to the point where it's fucking 4K HD, but, you know, we were talking about an era where the iPhone 1 was the, the hottest thing when I was a fucking senior. Like, we didn't have advanced phones like this for, like, all of these videos. We had videos, but they weren't great quality. So the fact that She's sending full-on nudes to Nate, who was an admirer that she thought, or she thought was an admirer, 
is not using that of blackmailer. It's fucked up. And this is where his character gets deep into this. Like he's manipulating everyone around him to free himself of, the, of his own consequences. So Cassie goes and vouches um, to her. Well, the castle here we go. Cassie. She goes to her high school friends that are flirting, uh, and she doesn't want to tread. She she wants to flirt. She wants to kiss, but she doesn't want to fuck him because that would be cheating. Not flirting with a guy, putting him, you know, teasing him and. And, and making out with him, but God, God forbid, no. But she will not sleep with the guy. And he's like, what is your fucking problem? Branson, I'm not taking this side. I'm just saying she's guilty of cheating too. Okay, this is, they're both guilty. Like he's guilty of hitting on some guy's girl and trying to get with her because he thought she was easy. And she's guilty for even leading him on because guys are stupid and easy to get their attentions for it. But also, you got a boyfriend. What are you doing flirting with other people? Anyways, you shouldn't be doing that anyways because now the, you set the president for like, okay, I am down to fuck or down to do whatever, but you're not. You just want attention that your man's not giving you because you're so focused on football and college. And again, two wrongs will make a right. And luckily, Lexi has veered Chris McKay away from that door in that bedroom because if he popped in, he would have beat this guy's ass to a pieces. And last thing we need is this guy to go to prison as he has a scholarship to go to football in college. So that being said, Cassie is guilty for leading him on, but she didn't deserve the beratement this guy gave her. Uh, so Nate visits Tyler, the guy that he fucked up for sleeping with, with Maddie. Rightly so, because he was 22 and she's a minor. And he is terrified. I'm like, he's like, don't kill me. And he's like, you're going to confess to a crime, and then I'm never leaving you. I'm never... never threatening you with anything ever again. So Nate convinced Tyler to confess to his crime of beating up Maddie because that's a better sentence than being a, labeled a pedophile your whole life. Um, Nate convinced Jules to confess that Tyler was the one she saw assaulting Maddie, not Nate. Clearing Nathan's name, this guy's a genius. And Nate and Maddie popped up at the party afterwards because he's cleared. And they're all there celebrating like, oh, a guy's back. He's no longer guilty of this shit. He's uh, innocent. And this is where I'm like, man, this is the ultimate supervillain arc, supervillain arc right here. Like, Nate is just a really huge piece of shit. He's manipulating everyone around him to do what his bidding. He's just not learning from his his ways. And I'm just like, this is going to bite him in the ass eventually. We'll see where it goes, though, because this is the end of the episode. And I have two more to see before the, well, the next episode and then the season finale to complete the first season of Euphoria. So thank you for tuning in. My long-ass rants, I kind of just go off and veer. I try to give as much information about, you know, context of what I like about the show. The show is engaging. The show has a lot of interesting characters. Over-the-top, over-exaggerated, maybe, but this is also television. It's supposed to be a little bit more than what you would see in everyday life. You might see some of these scenarios here and there, but this show is giving you scenarios every episode. So between us, the viewers, and the show... It feels like it's happening quicker than it actually is because weeks and months are passing by just like in real time where these people are interacting. It's just they're just showing it in sequential order. So, you, again, it's, pers- it's a perspective. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. And with that being said, I'm giving this episode a five. Five out of five. This was a really intriguing episode with a lot of manipulation, a lot of character development, uh, a lot of closure a lot just, just just a lot of things are finally coming to pieces peace into one cohesive story here where it all stems truly uh through nate's 
choices. Like, Nate Jacobs is terrible, but his father, Cal, not any better. And he presents himself like to be this big, you know, someone of status in his town, somebody established who has a business, an instruction business, and he's a regular, typical, almost like a politician, the way he's being revered. And his one of his sons is unmotivated, and the other one is completely controlling everyone like a puppet master and just like whew, this shows you like a really interesting it's gonna really show people uh the ugly side of p- being power hungry i guess you can say going mad with power because nate feels like he's invincible now that anything he does it's like he can find a loophole for everything and we'll see so next time thank y'all for tuning in another episode of the podcast mystery show I'm the podcast mercenary himself, Christian Joe Ronald, signing off till next time. And I can't wait to review episode seven and eight of season one in Florida. Stay tuned. It'll be up very soon. Can't wait. All right. I'm out. Peace.